A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review, if it's actually been bloody released today. Uh, I'm Adam Wilborn <laughs> from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflot, Michael Sidgwick, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw and all the fallout following the Royal Rumble. Fallout! Fallout! A bit weird, this one. Um, it had its moments without ever feeling very momentous. Is that kind of raw? Like post Rumble is a bit of a free hit. You've got these major events that lead into even bigger ones in terms of WrestleMania. Uh I didn't necessarily like one of the big developments particularly, but it's certainly one I'm interested in talking about and debating a little bit. Um, I remarkably uneventful for a show where some kind of big stuff went on. You felt like you felt some of the key storylines moving in a certain direction, but it didn't necessarily have that. I don't know road to WrestleMania energy. Perhaps it didn't have that. Um, that little, like, sort of extra verve that WWE can sometimes get. Doesn't always earn it. Like, we're talking, like, the Vince McMahon years, it would even get that sometimes. Just certain roles have this. Oh, actually, yeah, like, the, it's, it's the wrestler's biggest show of the year, narratively and in reality. And I didn't quite get that from this one. I remain steadfast in my belief that it is impossible for WWE to put on a very, very, very good three-hour raw across the board. They are always completely uneven. The format, as I have said many times, is illogical. The production, you either like it or you are just completely distant and removed from it. They are inherently uneven. I thought the peaks here were pretty damn high. Mm. I really enjoyed this show, I've got to say. I was thinking about this as I was uh, tuning in on the service that I use. and PT Sport. Yeah, that's it, thanks. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking of your words of like, this is the test. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever's gone before, and, you know, we're not even going to get into the whole where's Vince McMahon factor into all this. If Triple H is in charge of creative, the test comes from the rumble to WrestleMania. That's the, the key point for WWE. You can and make December good as well. AEW yeah, it would did. be nice, yes. AEW did. Um, but I thought we had this spectacular rumble premium live event and now, how do you follow that up? And I think he did a really good job in terms of exciting developments. Like you say, it is a bit of a free hit of like, well, especially because the, the Raw show has both Royal Rumble winners on it. But it was great to see Cody Rhodes back in the ring. We had a couple of returns here. We had one segment that's made me so excited that you can... 
You probably guess what it is, and it's not a major one, uh, unfortunately, but Ugh. it's major for me. And I thought the matches on Raw didn't outstay their welcome. They A lot of them served a purpose, <laughs> and I, I just had a really good time watching this show. Right. To that, like, I know I said with Chuckle that I kind of laughed I, as well. I'm ready. The, the chips are about to be pissed no, on, I realise. No, we, are, no, we the, are years into a certain kind of coverage. We've took the piss out of it before. of that, like, well, something's happening. And it's like that, like matches that don't outstay their welcome. I can't wait to tune in for these matches that don't outstay their welcome. Yeah. It's a weird vibe, right? But I think there's a wider point here. I was thinking more about these. Like, I was looking again. Brandon Thurston published these, like, daft numbers about the Rumble. And I'm not generally... Num- like numbers aren't His numbers aren't daft. No, no, sorry. Yeah, I don't mean Thurston's numbers are daft. I just mean... Thurston's, yeah, we would like never smirch Thurston. The, the Rumble numbers are quite incredible. About like I say, r- we were thirsty for Thurston. Oh. Brandon Brand Thurston. Like, the... <laughs> Like the rumble is done incredibly well. Like a tumbleweed sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's silence will do. (laughs) But like ratings are fun for the discourse, but they're not the be all and end all. No one cares anymore. Yeah, it's just it's sort of. I think they're using it as a way to weaponize one show or another. It doesn't really work now. However, like the rumble's gay and like the viewership and the raw to the smackdown to potentially what this raw is, I think are if nothing else, I think indicative of WWE right now. Satisfying its base, like the crowds aren't loud, but I don't even louder make, tonight. Louder yeah, they were louder tonight, but I don't think they. If if we're calling the the live raw audience WWE's base, I don't even think they have a problem with being quiet. I just think they'll be like, I'll get louder when I'm ready, but I'm having a perfectly nice time. Like <laughs> yeah. they're sitting there very quietly, like not to take the piss out of you, going, this isn't outstanding. It's welcome. And they're more than happy with that, and they've just bought a ticket to be there. I do get the sense, in terms of the viewership numbers, like the the engagement in the Rumble, the YouTube numbers for the clips that people are watching and re-watching yeah. again. And, like, let's be honest, like, WWE's top storyline, I, I don't consider my, I like WWE, but I don't consider myself part of their base anymore. And I think that's probably a top five angle ever mm. in WWE. I'd compare that to my favourite WWE moments ever. So if there's, like, lapsed fans or people who want to like the show, if they're engaging, I think the base are going to be thrilled with stuff at the top of the card and largely quite happy with it. So mm. I just sense a certain satisfaction. The quiet crowds are less reflective of boredom and misery than I thought, and maybe just <laughs> a, a relative satisfaction with what they're getting. And I think, if nothing else, you'll definitely get that in Rumble to WrestleMania yeah. season. Whether or not that counts as passing the test, that'll just be based on everybody's subjective opinions of the show. But it just that's the energy I'm getting coming out of WWE at the moment is broad satisfaction from the, the customers they want the most. Mm. Uh, right, let's dive into it then, because the show opened unsurprisingly with the winner of the Men's Royal Rumble, Cody Rhodes, coming out. There's a big video package to open the show about what happened at the Rumble, of course. Out he comes, he gets a You Deserve It chant, and he drops the old, so what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, he really loves it. He's he, 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 <laughs> I love you, but you're an absolute creep. Um, the view never changes. <laughs> he <laughs> says he uh, isn't the same person who debuted in WWE years ago, talked about showing up in OVW and thinking he's going to be WWE champion within two years or the next John Cena or whatever. Uh, and he wondered what he'd uh, write in a letter to his younger self, talking about getting slapped so hard on TV in London that his knees buckled or uh, restoring the Intercontinental Championship to its retro glory. Um, he talked about becoming dashing, painting his face, marrying the woman whose job it was to announce everyone's names, uh, losing a £295 friend, but gaining a £6 one that had the same eyes. Oh. Uh, he talked about catching fire. Was that a deliberate nod? I mean, catching fire means becoming the hot thing, but I also immediately thought, 
Andrade match, <laughs> setting, oh, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. setting yourself on fire, wrestling all over the world, taking an excursion, and eventually winding up being the winner of the Royal Rumble. He said he wouldn't tell his younger self anything because every step on this ladder has been worth it. Uh, he talked about his entrance theme, the... Wrestling has more than one royal family, and so does WWE. Um, he was going to have to stand across from another royal family, the bloodline, the LeBron James of this era, Roman Reigns, who gets loads of boos and Roman sucks chants. So it's effective what they've done with the whole Sami Zayn storyline. Um, he said, look, I respect Roman Reigns, but in 62 days, it all ends. And at the end of WrestleMania, Reigns can be head of the table. He can be the tribal chief. He can be the biggest star in the world. But the one thing he will not be is WWE Undisputed World Champion. And Rhodes' music hit, and you think that's the send-off. How do you want to do this? you want to do it all in one, or do you want to do this bit and then the interruption from the judgment I think day? the split feels logical, doesn't it? Because there was one thing happening and then another, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. An absolutely killer babyface promo yeah. from someone who's just... There was a lot of conversation about whether he was the man for the job, and he's just completely nailed it. The fact is, right... Way back when, when it was a different complexion of that crowd, as I've stated many times, there was nothing good. (laughs) (laughs) The kids might have liked John Cena. I didn't. A lot of other people didn't. There was nothing good. There was only, right, fleeting, like, inordinately cruel dashes of hope. We were in our 20s then, so we still counted. Yeah. We, we saw Matt at that. Yeah. <laughs> there were these fleeting glimpses of hope for a different, better, more functional WWE that a lot of fans projected onto WWE. WWE had no interest in being that version of WWE. There was nothing good, right? I think a lot of people are struggling to wrap their head around the fact that there are two really good things happening. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, there are two very good things happening simultaneously. Making a really weird discourse out there at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, there are two. It's weird. They just can't accept that there's more than one good thing when for years there was nout. There was literally nout. And on the evidence of last night, you deserve it. No Sammy Chance, no hijacking. No, there wasn't even like a contrarian, like Cena-adjacent crowd reaction where they were split or they were dueling with a chance. Unanimous superstar reaction. You deserve a chance. Um, The two things are happening harmoniously at the same time. I think fans are happy for Sami Zayn to lose valiantly to Roman Reigns in a heartbreaking match because they trust that he will then go on to work the Usos or something. And people are happy for Cody because he's a superstar and he's got them in the palm of that, in the palm of his hand, as he did last night with this just poetry promo. Yeah, what a way to build himself up as a babyface. He he's so slick. Like maybe he's too slick, and maybe this will bite him on the arse at some point. Cool, he can play a heel. He's great at that as well. Um, I hate exposition. I know Cody's story, right? But no, he deftly, okay, he deftly. Oh my god, sidestepped. The need for exposition, mm. right, by saying, look, if there's one more person watching WWE who didn't, it's worth me saying yeah. this. He wants, not, so not only is he excusing exposition in this rancid pro wrestling practice of spoon feeding narrative to people, not only does he sort of get away with it by saying, you know, if there's one more person, that's fine, I can justify saying this, but it means that his, he wants every single fan to count. That line about Dusty and mm. Liberty, I'm sorry, as a father, 
I've never really experienced loss on that scale, but it still completely struck me. Mm. Just great poetry. His poise was outstanding. He's just got this knack of making you believe when you consider the wider human being, it's more impressive than you might think. Yeah, amazing stuff. I like it's. I, I, I was never in doubt. This is the thing. Like, I never really had worries because it was Cody. I thought that I, I think there is a lot to be said. Sidgwick nailed the word there. There is a lot to be said for trust. And um, we've said this about the bloodline quite a bit because it does figure in here that as soon as things really started picking up with the bloodline, the biggest power that storyline had was other fans' faith in it. Um, Vince McMahon booked the occasional cool TV segment or the occasional moment, but you were only allowed to like it to a point. The ceiling was incredibly low because your faith wasn't going to be rewarded in something nice. Sami Zayn at this point would have faded into the background as a heel goon, just like Jimmy Uso did. Look, there's that lovely thread kicking around into it. Everybody's seen it. But let's not take the piss here. I enjoyed the 2020... I mean, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> I, enjoyed the, I enjoyed the 2020 Jey Uso. I know a lot of people didn't, that melodrama. I really like that. But it got dropped. Like, Sidgwick was on their ass every week for it. It got dropped. Jimmy came back. He was supposed to be like... He watched what happened. He remembered what happened to Jason. He just simply formed a faction. Yeah. Roman Reigns and his baddies. The demon fell off the frigging top rope. The John Cena match was boring. The Brock stuff people were dreading watching again. And Roman was phoning it in. Roman went part-time and you felt he had one foot out the door in the process. Sami Zayn's involvement locked them all back in. Yeah. Like, it was a credit to everyone. Like, everyone. Triple H, Paul Heyman, the wrestlers themselves, everyone. Everyone that's collaborated on this. But that in itself has restored faith in that program specifically. And that... The, the wider implications of that is that you're having faith restored in other elements of WWE. And Cody Rhodes is part of that. This baby face that they give this amazing Royal Rumble build to furthered that faith that, like, not only is he going to win the Royal Rumble, but people are going to believe in him because he's given you a reason. He's doubled down on that in this Raw promo here. We're saying yesterday, again, faith, 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 faith. I had faith that they would find a narrative way for Cody Rhodes delicately to figure into this bloodline story because he's going to have to. For the WrestleMania build post uh, elimination chamber, he's going to have to. And he did it. Like, wrestling has more than one royal family. It's not just about Samoans. Cody announced himself as the head of his own table. Like, in his mind, him and Roman is like for like. And what opponent has really been able to position themselves as on an even footing with Roman Reigns in the last two years? The whole point of this run is, Christ, he's unstoppable. Like, it's like Andre had beaten Hulk. And now who's going to beat Andre? Mm. Like, this is a different type of narrative heading into a WrestleMania. And they want to sell you more than... I think a lot of people wanted that with Drew because it was in the UK. Mm. But they want to sell you on Cody winning at WrestleMania, not just the Roman Reigns title match. And this was the, like the pitch-perfect start to it. Yeah, really loved this. Uh, and then loved him being interrupted by the guys whose theme sounds a little something like... I'm in the f***ing judgment day. And out they come, and you think, oh, my God, are we getting the dream match? Ex-Con Don versus Cody. <laughs> but that'll have to wait, uh, because uh, Finn Balor says, are you going to do something original, or are you just going to rip me off like you have before? Uh, uh, what What do you mean? I don't get it. As a casual fan of WWE, I did not understand what um, Finn Balor was saying. No, I've watched every episode of WWE and NXT all my life, and Finn Balor debuted in um, 2014, and Cody was stardust then. Like, Cody wasn't ripping off the demon. Is, Is it in the paint? Face paint. Face we've got paint. It. We've cracked we've got it. it. We've face paint. Yeah. Face paint. Okay, yeah. I've got it. Uh, Dom says... Cody. Then Cody did that first? Yeah, and he said three times. So, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. It went over my head. Cody ruined their plans for the Rumble. He says, Mammy, uh, later on, is going to tell us Look who good. our opponent's going to be. We go. We're funny. But Don was supposed to win the, the Men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, you put your hands on me. You ruined my moment. 
you'd have done that in prison, you'd have got got. <laughs> Brilliant. He's an idiot. Uh, Damien Priest says, oh, look at the golden boy getting the number 30 spot. I like how they are self-aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Dom says, you owe me an apology for ruining my moment. And Cody says, are you trying to scare me straight? Which gets a nice reaction from the crowd. Is that what's going on? Look. I have an immense amount of respect for your father, Rey Mysterio, to which Dom says, I have no respect for my father, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Sorry. In, in, well, he, he did it before Cody finished the line because Dominic's going, what's my next bit? What's my next bit? He just, he just started talking. He is an <laughs> idiot. This happened twice in this segment. <laughs> he, is an, he is useless. But then he came through with the... Line of the show. Heat line. In fact... I don't respect anyone's father, especially yours, Cody. Each and every one of you's dad. <laughs> Unbelievable. And that was like, I think that was him trying to improvise because he'd temporarily forgotten his bits and he was he's, like, he's a moron. I'll get back on track. <laughs> he is useless. He can never it's, get he can never get better. That's the thing, that's the thing. This is it for him. Yeah. This is this rule's perfect for him, and he'll peak in this rule. Mm. Uh, and then the crowd can't chance. Giggles your ass. Giggles your ass, Cody. Uh, <laughs> and Rose is like, well, look, uh, I could probably take it easy after the Rumble, but I'd rather kick heels at eight hours. Yay! And he says, any of you, you, if you want a match, let's let's have a bare knuckle fight then. The contrast was quite brilliant here because Cody, you know, you assume the speech. Like, are we, what, do we think the scripted promos are as good as gone unless the wrestlers need them? Like in, the, in Triple H's what? era, Triple H's era, like if wrestlers need scripted promos, they get them. Mm. Cody wasn't following a line. Like Cody's in a different stratosphere. But there's others that have had that privilege, Roman and Sammy and Kevin and Drew's in wrestling. Like there's, there's a handful. Yeah, there's certain guys where that's gone, and then obviously a lot of them still need it, or if there's a point they absolutely have to hit. Like it was so funny watching the contrast. Like I don't think the scared straight thing was there. That's Cody, good instincts and good line, good pop. The contrast of code is... He prepares everything meticulously. But, it, it, well, it, then his delivery is excellent, yes. making it feel natural. But the contrast of that versus Dominic <laughs> trying desperately <laughs> to, like... You could just see the cogs turning in that empty head. It's fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. it he's just absolutely hopeless, Ray Mysterio. Uh, Dominic Mysterio. Finn and Damien Priest were trying not to laugh. Finn especially was looking at him, and you could just see the lips, like, turning up at the cheeks. <laughs> Finn's having the best time, yeah. isn't he? The point I wanted to make... Right. Cody sold me on that promo. It was so fantastic. One of the better babyface promos I think you'll hear all year. Right. And then it's so weird watching him just suddenly just go into WWE mode because he's wearing the suit, because he's very much the American nightmare that evolved in AEW. Obviously, it was happening before then, but the suited mm. company guy deal was an AEW invention. Where he refined it. Yeah. yeah. Well, WWE's very much like New Japan because he went on an excursion, up, didn't he? An excursion. He sharpened up. Cody's words. I'm in the middle mind. of a f***ing thought. <laughs> so he's basically AEW Cody. Indistinguishable in terms of his presentation and his look and the way he carries himself and his role in the company. And it's just so odd like that he can get you with this promo. And he's saying, I believe in every bloody word you're <laughs> saying. And then when he turns around and says... Well, I might kick your ass. I might kick your ass tonight <laughs> in the exact same suit with not a single thread out of place. I can imagine him three or four years ago on AW Dynamite and some heel or other says, I want to fight you right now, Cody. Him saying, what is this, the other side? The other side. We have fixtures here, buddy. Everything's announced in advance. <laughs> what is this, that shit all over there? You know what I mean? Like You can't imagine him saying yeah. that, so it's just... 
He never lifted his jacket in AEW to reveal a WWE switch. He just presses a button, click. I'm WWE now. Yeah, like, you yeah, can yeah. do it. He's got like he's, he's got it just, down. Pat. He's just it's, unbelievable. He's becoming the perfect main event. He is the John Cena replacement. Like I love what Roman Reigns has become, but he was never John Cena, and that's why they screwed him up. Cody, is it? They yeah. found they found the guy. Um, so they announce in amongst all this that there's going to be Elimination Chamber qualifiers tonight. See who, well, who joined Austin Theory in the Elimination Chamber for the United States Championship. Um, and it looks like they're going to a commercial break. My, I was ready to skip forward and then suddenly Edge comes out and attacks the Judgment Day and everyone has to, road, Cody Rhodes gets involved and everyone gets broken up and they say, yep, yeah, it'll be Cody and, and Finn later on in the show, basically. I just want to say on this bit, remember when Edge came back and it was really thrilling? And then they paid Not him tonight with, because he got no pop. And then, like in 2020, he came back super thrilling. And then they paired him with Randy Orton. You're like, I've seen that. Sorry, ten years ago, you've got so many people you want to pair edge with. Like, and, and then got AJ Styles, and that was boring as well. And then Cody, yeah. yeah. And then Cody, Cody came back, and the Seth series was awesome. But like, it was like, oh, there's like, this is a pretty full roster. We're getting like three Seth matches. They're all great. Welcome like, to WWE. Cody and Edge, I quite like that. Like straight away, it felt like that was just a pairing that I didn't expect. Yeah. You just you never imagine seeing those two together. Cody does still have that. Again, we're flicking back to that. Hang on, that's Cody Rhodes off Dynamite. Yeah. What's yeah. he what's he doing hanging around with Edge? Mm. Like the and that I quite like just the visual of those two as like allies for the night, you know, like shared shared motivations. Nice that. Uh then we got our first qualifier for the Elimination Chamber, Seth Rollins versus Chad Gable. Um both take this, both quite good wrestlers, these guys. Pass it on. Pass it on. Gable, uh, last night's roll was gutted. <laughs> it's a chaos theory suplex sent on off the apron and a diving head, but that gets him a near fall. Go to a break when we come back. Gable's kicking the leg out of Rollins's leg. Um, but Rollins dodges a moonsault, hits a buckle bomb. Um, Gable goes for another suplex, but Rollins lands on his feet and hits a falcon arrow for two. And then they trade counters and Gable uh, hits a nice cliffhanger DDT for a two count. Rollins goes running to Gurry, but Gable catches him. Just brilliant wrestling this. Puts him in an ankle lock. Rollins counters. Cradle, another ankle lock. But Rollins rolls through. Hits a pedigree. One, two, three. Rollins qualifies the elimination chamber. Bloodhound. Chad Gable rules. What a firecracker of a TV match. I thought this was genuinely mm. great for the medium. He just was relentless on that knee. Rollins has been selling it consistent, consistently. Just the chain wrestling and how he's constantly, constantly had no other focus. But that knee is nagged, and I'm going to laser precise target it. And just the sequences that built around it were just thrilling. Liquid professional wrestling that didn't go long for the sake of it. Triple H might be bloody learning here, lads. This is the sort of thing that pre-Rumble season, he would have given this 18 minutes. Yeah, this mm. is the thing. And it would have been stodgy. It would have been overlong. This was urgent. This was very predictable, rendered unpredictable by the brilliant, resourceful, urgent, totally fat-free story they told in this match because it was so well done because Chad Gable's great. And obviously, Rollins is great too. But it just felt like, oh, Christ, we could win here. Yeah, this is what I mean about, you know... Uh, being influenced by previous rules and being like, don't drag this on. I think every match other than the main event was was sub-10 minutes. And that's not a hard and fast rule, that I, sh I should say here, mm. but it was, yeah, like should say, be for WWE. much preferable. Yeah, like, I think something that Triple H, I guess, is maybe figuring out as he goes here, is there are different types of great TV wrestling. This was super slick. This was liquid pro wrestling, exact word I had. And you can't 
like once you get bored as a viewer of liquid pro wrestling, it's such a sad feeling, isn't it? You're like, yeah. they deserve more than my sudden lack of enthusiasm. And this didn't miss its peak. The one thing I will say, it's not a criticism of either wrestler, especially not Chad Gable, who I, I'm wondering if Triple H is actually going to go with him as this yeah. baby face super worker here. Slight worry because it probably means you'll bury him six feet under for six months first because <laughs> that's what he loves to do. Um, Just establish him as a baby face, yeah. They they should have put the tag belts on the Judgment Day because the reminder that this is to uh, qualify for the United States Elimination Chamber. Like, stop believing that you've done as good a job with the US title as you have the Intercontinental because this ain't it. Like, Seth winning and the, the prize being... Another go at Austin Theory in the Chamber. Yeah. Oh, that's two things I hate. Thanks very much. If, like, the, that's, that's, if that's the overarching prize of this brand, we've got some problems. I'll right. tell you what, I admire the effort, to be perfectly honest. I understand why he has to do it. But it's a cheat code, but at least it's a cheat. I don't know. I was in a decent mood with this role. I'm feeling a little yeah. bit funny and inexplicable. If it's the, working with Gunther. Like, that's yeah, an awesome yeah. run. If the, like, I've got, Austin Theory isn't Gunther. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Theory is Austin Theory, which is a shame for all of us. Mm. And if it wasn't Lashley, Rollins, and Theory, this inexplicably <laughs> dreary, overlong, is this still going on? No one really cares. Tell you what, Lashley got a massive pop, so maybe I'm in the minority here. If it was different players involved and they tried to use the chamber as stakes to elevate that US title, I'd be mad into it. I think it's a good idea. Um, but I'm just so bored of this combination of wrestlers. To tell you what, Austin Theory, skin of his teeth, winning that title, coming in at the end, which mm. is a heel tactic Triple H that he got away with. I feel like uh, Jesse Pinkman. Oh, we love him. Austin, How, Theory, uh, Austin Theory from the beginning. How's he going to get through this? How like, does he keep doing this <laughs> triple h with his nonsense that sometimes works half the time skin of his teeth austin theory coming in sixth big guns have gone and he kind of does a roll up or something and then he can say i'm the greatest united states champion of all time no other united states champion has ever defended their title in an elimination chamber match it's all very first time ever history making wwe speak and that's what summoned cena who is yes. legitimately the best united states champion of all time so i genuinely think there's a lot to admire here and michael hamflet i think you should stop being so negative <laughs> <laughs> uh then it was time for eo sky versus candice shuddering i'm shuddering internally <laughs> um this this saved a terrible takeover this match once oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. no more uh, go people like this online. Weird. That was, that was, that was bleak. People liked it online because they were, weren't watching it. And yeah, they, yeah. they were, were pre-drafting there. Candice Lorraine, this guy can give you guys. Give me in. Can give you guys. screenshot of that same angle of a chin lock that the picture always finds in the photo gallery. Word of match. Hashtag raw engagement. Word of match. The exchange dives. Yeah, Lorraine hits a drop kick. Uh, Sky hits a backbreaker. German suplex off the bottom rope from Candice Lorraine. And a poison runner for a two count. Sky goes for a moonsault, but Lorraine gets her knees up and she small packages uh, EO Sky. But Dakota Kai, who's there at ringside uh, alongside Bailey, distracts the ref. Uh, Mia Yim's there for Candice Lorraine, so she goes after her. Bailey gets up on the apron. Lorraine tries to knock her down, and that means that Sky can roll up Candice Lorraine for the one, two, three. Corey Gray saying out loud what they've been booking for weeks, which is me, him is a bad friend and useless at helping, was, again, a massive problem with the continuation of multiple problems that Triple H is running into with this terrible booking of this division. I So, right, on we've said this a lot with AEW over the years. There's nothing wrong in fixtures, and with a bit of patience, 
you have somebody that goes on a run and they win a bunch of matches and you establish some people and that becomes their character if you're not giving them a storyline, is that they're just winning. Um, Serena Deep would be an example of that, I think, in the women's division. Even when the division wasn't great, she kind of immediately made herself like an authoritative presence in that division just by winning and beating people. Like this, it, this tactic will not work in WWE. Like these people need characters and stories. Meachin's got a character. It's that she's a loser that will never help you. So why would he sidle up to a Becky Lynch, spotted it, and got the hell away from her straight away? And now Candice LeRae is saying, "I'll give you a go." Oh, I'm losing too. Like so, why would any of these be friends? Damage Katarla washed, and like this win didn't feel like it meant Damaged anything. Katarl <laughs> finished because she's led by they're led by a Pam. Is that like it just? It's this division's a nightmare. It's an absolute mess. Who won this? I forgot. EO Sky. EO Sky so won. It's gone fifty fifty then. Yeah, like it's another tag team champion. So you're going to get this tag title yeah. match Why? against, against two challengers that suck. Like they're they're bad. Like their win loss record sucks. Like they're not getting reactions from crowds. They, 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 they were just Im- transplanted on screen as if hey, it's them. Yeah, and everyone just says who. We don't watch Black and Gold Triple H because it was boring as sin. He's not. He's not booking them. Mm. On both shows, he's not, not promoting them either. Yeah, like that. That just, just a guy's total jags to. Um, that's the voices of wrestling. I just did a guy, not come up with a come I, up with that. I think I counted five people that genuinely had good, good a good Royal Rumble, and the whole point that well, one of the many points that Royal Rumble is for Triple H to say <laughs> these last few years when like Vince and check Nick, this out. Vince and Nick fired so many wrestlers; they had to bring in loads of legends and all that. Not me, not a hunter roster like. 30 of my gals. Go show them Evolution 2 out there tonight. 60 goddamn great minutes. That was about, like, 60 goddamn great seconds. At the end. The rest was boring as sin. Five women got over. It's not. It's nowhere near good enough. AW, AW's women's division is smoking WWE's at the moment. And they've got, like... One like, match a show. One match a show and, like, one proper angle that's being focused upon. Nightmare stuff. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Then it was time for the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble, Rhea Ripley. They showed a uh, video package of uh, what she got up to in the Rumble. And sad. I am like, I'm sad. 
<laughs> Sad about this. She comes out, she says, it's been a while since I came to drink alone yeah. without my Latino heat dom-dom and the judgment day, but I wanted the attention all on my own. She talks about outlasting 29 other women. Now she can choose her opponent for WrestleMania. She talks about three years ago when she was the NXT Women's Champion at 24 years old. Her career just getting started. She debuted on Raw, challenged Charlotte Flair to a match at WrestleMania, and Charlotte put her in her place. She says, look, Charlotte's always in the title picture, always top of her game. Mm. Um, she gets better every year. Is that a rib? Is that a rib? She's absolutely finished. Uh, the normal flow of of uh, WWE is Charlotte on top. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? But Ripley's the disruptor. Uh, she hates the standard flow and things getting overplayed. She says, look, Charlotte, enjoy your time on top. Uh, and everyone else enjoy bowing to the Queen because soon everyone's going to be bowing to me. I'll put you in your place at WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair, I choose you. Positives first, because I am sad. Because I identified this correctly. They're going to do it again. Uh, Rhea Ripley will win. And getting moved to SmackDown is that like company nod of approval that you've gotten over. SmackDown's the A show. It's the big show. The Judgment Day might go with her. Bit of a change of scenery for them, so that's good. You know, loads of new opponents. And Rhea will win. Rhea will beat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. And WWE, that's that's a feather in your cap, you know, and they're, they're going with her. So that's something. Bianca Belair would be a bit more unpredictable. The match would be a million times better and hotter, but, like, the result would be more unpredictable. She's winning, and that's there. Thanks very much. You've been class. Uh, this feels like it's for Charlotte Flair rather than for Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley's won the goddamn Royal Rumble. I'm not stupid, right? I've seen today the, yeah, but, like, WrestleMania 36 was pretty good in the circumstances. And, like, me personally, I loved that Money in the Bank 2021 match. They beat the tar out of each other. But we're supposed to be... I've just talked about faith at the start of this podcast. We're supposed to have faith in the booking. And you showed us something in November that everybody really liked the look of. And then you teased out at War Games even more. And everybody loved the look of it even more. And it's like, cool, faith in the process. November stuff. WrestleMania stuff getting built around Survivor Series. Exactly how it should be. Thanks, Paul. Like, now why do I want to watch the show, Paul? Like, yet again... Like, this feels like it exists to restore Charlotte Flair's credibility. Maybe she's just not got it anymore and we move on. Maybe we all just move on with our bloody lives, Charlotte Flair included. Like, because if this is good, we know why and how. This was, this would have been almost perfect if two things that haven't happened happened. Hmm. One, if Paula Flair wasn't finished. Finished. Like, Charlotte Flair's an actively bad professional wrestler at this point. 2018, Charlotte Flair will defend to the hilt as one of the best, not in the world, New Japan was New Japan at that time, but one of the best in the company, top three, irrespective mm, of gender. Yeah. That's how good Charlotte Flair was in 2018. That was five years ago now. Jeez. Think of the difference between 1997 and 1992. Like, just because WWE looks the same to its completely boring detriment doesn't mean that time has literally stood still just because it looks like that. Five years is a long bloody time in that game. And Charlotte Flair is an actively bad professional wrestler at this point. If she was still good, if she was still this really, really good professional wrestler who had credibility as a heel and was just completely and utterly like sanctimonious about her role and everybody else's and just a really effective, obnoxious, just dominant heel. The story they told of Rhea Ripley and the contrast, because I remember that build before it had to get shunted to the PC. No one had to do it. Shouldn't have done it, actually. <laughs> uh, actually. Hmm. Someone uh, buried the mice of actually in a review. What actually? So I'm going to say it with emphasis for a second time. <laughs> just to be when we first hit upon that, we did like about 40 yeah, in one yeah, show, yeah. didn't we? Actually. Actually. Just to be a dick. 
Story told was nice because when she said I was like outclassed or something, what was the, what phrase did she use? Uh, she was taught a lesson or something like yeah. that. Put me in my place. Put me in my place. And you get that contrast of that kind of forgotten promo where Rhea Ripley's in the empty Raymond James Stadium and saying, like, it's going to be full of people when I do this and it's quite daunting. But, you know, I think I can bloody do it. I'm Rhea Ripley. To watch, I love it when a wrestler hits peak form. Not necessarily their final form, but they just look the part. They look like a star. And then you realize, oh, hang on, they weren't actually that much of a star back then. Mm. Use the contrast because it just elevates what you've become yeah. so much more in contrast. Bit of Cody. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you were, if Rhea Ripley was the baby face and she'd gone six months of the Judgment Day and it was like, oh, it's two over now. She is a baby face. She's a de facto baby face, but the storyline doesn't consider that yet. The use of contrast here was brilliant. And it was like, right, three years later, I'm her now. I am her and I'm going to win. I really like that. But the idea is that she's the heel. This is a babyface leaning promo and it didn't feel believable. It felt like such a departure from the kind of irritant wrestler, uh, character she is to go from that to babyface adjacent stuff when you're going against a storyline, we need her to be a babyface, Charlotte <laughs> Flair. It's already all out of the shop, and that's bad before you even consider Hamlet's point of the bullseye. Here's what you could have won. Mm-hmm. Here's what we showed you you were about to win. Uh, this is uh, not going to work w- the way WWE wants. I, I just find it so jarring. There's two WrestleMania nights, so I guess that's a workaround potentially for this. But it's just so jarring that like the Judgment Day as a stable are going to be involved in two of the biggest heel versus babyface matches of both nights of WrestleMania. Dominic and Finn have got Ray and Edge, respectively. And then Rhea Ripley is... It's almost impossible to imagine her as a heel in this <laughs> context. I will... I'm like, can't believe I'm going to say this. I'll let it play out for now. Mm. But instantly, I just felt like really bad vibes, bad booking off this. Um, and I like. I think we talked about in the office yesterday. I just had this like bad sense that they might do it. And then you were like, you were like no, no, no. They've shown you the Bank of I think. Don't yeah. worry about it. I was like, yeah, but they did have a good match at Money in the Bank. And it was probably Charlotte's last one, actually. Right, and that was 2021. And then maybe looking, maybe she fancies it and she's asked for it and she's mm. got it. Like, I don't know. I just, we'll see, but I was disappointed. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to say I was a little bit disappointed by this. I, I Like you say, I'm, I'm ho- hoping more than expecting this to be worked out in the r- road to WrestleMania. And I took solace perhaps in, well, if we're not getting that for Bianca Belair, there's a very tasty alternative that we'll get to in due course. Uh, Kathy Kelly was backstage with Seth Rollins. Nigel Jax listens to the pod, doesn't she? <laughs> um, anyway, do you want to talk about Oklahoma? What a crowd, what a fight, what a win he had against Chad Gable earlier. Uh, now he's going on to the chamber and he's going to take the US title from Theory and then from there he's mania. It's Los Angeles, baby! Uh, and she's like, anyway, yeah, enough about that. Um, what about what happened with you and Logan Paul at the Rumble? Any comments on that? And Seth just chuckles and, and walks off. They're going to do it. That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I previewed it yesterday. Uh, struggled through that. Then it was time for Johnny Gargano versus Baron Corbin. Uh, another spot in the Elimination Chamber up for grabs here. Um, they're going back and forth. Gargano 
Uh, get slammed on the edge of the barricade by Corbin to take us to a break. When we come back, Corbin's in complete control. Um, but Gargano fights back with that slingshot spear and some super kicks. Corbin fires back with the beautiful deep six for a near fall. Gargano avoids Corbin, so of course, you know, shoulder first into the ring post. Gargano hits him with a suicide dive. JBL's furious at ringside, but then here comes Loomis, who pulls out an axe. Smash, smash, smash uh, to JBL's hat on the announce table, and Gargano cradles Corbin for the win. So I quite liked elements of this match because I thought of that, and then, as you can see, I've written it there in my notes in all caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I gave you something there, didn't it? Gargano was the most in the mood I've seen him in a little while, perhaps because... You had to be, it's Corbin. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think this was one of the nights where Gargano could be his best self for a change because he was just a wrestling babyface. Like a better wrestler than Corbin, a proper babyface versus heel dynamic. So all that stuff was laid out. And then Dexter comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, you're best friends with a murderer and this whole thing is going nowhere. Like, it's bleak. This Johnny Gargano thing is bleak. That rumble appearance was like, it was damning of Gargano, but more of Triple H, let's be honest. Like, you went like, what, 30 minutes did now, got no, got no pop, got no reaction, people hate his Anti-pop. He got a pop. He did get a pop. I disagree on that. It was well, just the rumble. When he, yeah, it's just when he gave Sheamus uh, the Miz to, to do his 10 beats of the bod, really. That counts as his, right? <laughs> Him and Dexter and Candice were just like, they were backstage in the poker segment last week. They didn't even get invited to play. <laughs> like, it's wanted to watch. Who else wanted to watch that? Yeah. But you kind of believe that Johnny would. Yeah, because he's a loser. It's coming out backstage. I better get there. Like, I just, I just, I, I can't. Grew up watching this. Does Triple H resent him? Like, is what's going on? It like does he? The Triple H watch one final beat for the first time. Like, you were part of that. <laughs> I, I just I don't know what's. I don't know how he's fumbling the ball so much with a guy that was considered such a pet project. Yeah, it just feels he, awful. Hey Johnny, hey Johnny, it's uh, it's a bit different uh, up here. Uh, crowd's not so much into the wrestling. <laughs> uh, so I want to see that uh, funny side of Johnny Gargano. That's how you be a star. You're on the main roster. You'll get it, kid. You'll get it. Kind of cut to the worst. F- Jokes you've ever heard in your f-ing life. The worst pattern imaginable, and he's not over Triple H. He's not over, and you've been on in those circus. Okay? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett rules. Johnny, you remember? That's me. funny. Yeah, that was that's funny. A, Triple H should realize that that's funny. Slow pan. Imagine if they did like a slow pan on Johnny. It'd have to be like really slow because it'd finish really quick, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, this, uh, hey, Johnny, you remind me of me, you know? Uh, not just because you're a hell of a wrestler, you're the next diamond in this business. But uh, you've seen Sean Dexter Loomis does that stare as well. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, walk behind him for now, but one of these days, I'm going to flip those. Then it was I'm sorry, I'll stop swearing. Thanks. Uh, then it was <laughs> MVP's VIP lounge with Austin Theory. Skip, yeah. I don't want to see this anymore. Uh, Lashley's th- over. I'll, yeah, I'm a fair guy. Yeah. He's over. I don't want to see Austin Theory wrestle anyone, much it- less everyone all the time, the same people. He talks a load of bollocks. I didn't, couldn't care less. Lashley came out to a huge pop it's and then accidentally, accidentally speared MVP. He's going to go over John Cena. Hurt business. Sorry, something. Yes. Enough for that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by RTS 500. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of a god-awful Raw segment, uh, then you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review on there. Or leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But RTS 500 writes, this is honestly the best wrestling podcast out there 
Adam and the Dadleys are terrific with their analysis, discussions, sometimes heated, impressions, and of course, the running jokes. Do we have many of those or not? Uh, Hi. Hi. (laughs) And God bless the United States. It's short. Egg. Some of them. Some of them. Sample for you. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have any friends who like wrestling like I do, so I feel very grateful I found this podcast over five years ago. Oh, fair play. Oh, gee. Um, I have these guys to provide my daily fix, and they do so at such a high quality. While I love all the boys, I dare say I have developed quite the man crush on Hamlet and his wrestling mind. And the square mind. Thanks, boys. (laughs) You guys are truly the best. Needs to grow that hair out, honestly. Yeah, come on. For the summer. Just hot boy summer. (laughs) tea. Old boy summer. Uh, You guys are truly the best at what you do. For a five-star review review, can you guys review anything Santino-related? Love the impression. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps Santino's Tea Party with Kozlov. We've done that one, haven't we? We have done that one, yeah. Uh, So I dug out something different. He's the new, what is he in Impact now? The director of authority, (laughs) Santino Morella. Good call from the Impact guys. (laughs) Insane. Board of directors. So instead, we uh, picked something from 2007 where... He gets into it while Stone Cold is trying to promote the condemned. Take us back there, Hamlet. Santa, I like Santino Morella to a point, but this kind of reminded me that he was like really necessary for WWE when he came along. So the Bobby Lashley Milan Miracle deal, where he wins the Intercontinental Title against Imago and he's brought in as this babyface, was April two thousand and seven, and he couldn't really go. And we've talked about this thing with the fans and how they're like they're gone now. They've gone to AEW, but it was transparent that he couldn't really go. And you put him against. Credible bit other wrestlers, and it's just, oh, we don't really want him to win. We like the other guys. So WWE, as they still did at the time, listened and pivoted. And so what else have you got? And it turned out he had these great comedic leanings, and he could play into, like, a pretty lame stereotype, but in a way that, like, was just genuinely, like, you were hearing laughter in the crowd. But as a wrestler, he was lame enough that it worked as a heel character. Good this comedic was, timing. Yeah. And this was especially beneficial. Like, that year, when you see 2007 written down, it's the weightiest of all the numbers, isn't it, right? Everything went to sh- for WWE in 2007, post-Chris Benoit. Like, yes. it's all very dark and horrible, but, like, all the aftermath of that, the various um, steroid-related suspensions, the wellness violations, like, more deaths, the scrutiny, the whole deal, it was it was a mess. It was a complete mess. It was constantly being tossed in the air by somebody else getting popped for 60 days or whatever. And this time, even more so, because the one guy that he was like, well, if nothing else, John Cena's got the broadest shows in the world and he'll carry us through this. He got injured in the October and he was thought to be out for the year before, oh, course, the, before yes. the miraculous Royal Rumble comeback. So you've just got now going on. And then Santino is this much needed levity. He's just something to have a bit of a laugh at. Like, and I remember the segments and they, like, he had his own T-shirt and you would see that popping in the crowd. It was like, wow, like, is he one of the most, like Randy Orton had the belt again because there was nobody else to rely on and he was feeding with frigging Triple H again. again. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just like, there is now to this. Like, thank, thank God Santino's a bit of a laugh. Was the bloody like, condemned 2007? Well, so I had it in my head as 2005 because I'm sure it was around the time WrestleMania went Hollywood. But I don't know, maybe it was maybe it was 06 and he was plugging a DVD or something. Yeah. Like, I, I, there was a cinema screening, so maybe it was a, a different WrestleMania I was thinking of, and I just picture the cinema just, aesthetic. But. Someone really should have scripted a actually funny action movie when Austin was at his peak. 
because the Condemned was long after his peak, and it was like a really miserable. It was knockoff battle royale, wasn't it? Yeah, badass. Austin's a badass, but he is. But he's piss funny. You know, I treat myself to yesterday, uh, the other week. Um, Austin's first day on the job as CEO. It is yeah unbelievable. This is why they're still doing visible camera, wacky sports entertainment stuff. They're trying to chase that dragon. Mm. It's so funny. Do you want to run through the cast of the condemned? Just do the top three. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Uh, Peter Sidgwick's second favorite Capital Carnage performer, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones is in it, and former WWE superstar. Turned Hollywood actor. Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones. Oh, my Jones. God. What a pull. What a pull. Great shout, Asage. Write, write the time down. Best line from The Condemned. You seen it? I've not seen it. I just know it. To be, I've seen enough clips to realize Austin's not fun. It's not Austin's, <laughs> meant, Austin's meant to be fun. Yeah, it's not a good L, but Austin is fun in one minute because uh, they're all like doing the sort of criminals, having to get along for the situation they're in there. Hey, uh, where are you from? Little town called <laughs> your mama. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, Maybe worth a watch. <laughs> Um, so the, the clip we watched, we, it wasn't like the whole, yeah, let's get the crowd riled up. It's literally, let's get to the point, because it starts with Santino with Maria in the ring with him. She'll factor into this a little bit later. Uh, and she's, so I have no idea what the setup to this is, but he just says, JR is not going to reach the point of orgasm. Twitter has not been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. He says, this it's a Santino Marella time. And those are the bottom lines because Santino Marella glass smashes, stone cold interrupts. Um, for some reason, there was a couple of signs that I saw throughout this that popped me. Uh, there was one later on that I think just says, if you read this, you farted. Got us. But there was one here. And obviously, clearly, it's a sign that's meant to read... And I never never know why people don't just make a different sign or make a new sign. So they've clearly gone to write stone cold whips or whoops butt or whoops ass or whatever. And they've gone stone cold whoops. Oh, I've run out of bloody space. I'm just squeezing butt at the bottom there. And, but because it's obviously a big white sign, camera, blah, 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 lots of stuff going on. It's getting another bit of card. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you can't really see the bottom bit. So it just looks like as a British viewer. Stone cold, whoops. <laughs> anyway. Which is appropriate when it gets the hose out. Indeed. Um, I'll let you describe that because I know that you really were entertained by it. So this. Stone Cold comes down, introduces himself, as does Santino. Um, and he's not a big fan of Morella misquoting him. He says, what do you say? A can of what? And he, Santino says, ass whip. <laughs> uh, and he says, he gets words mixed up because he's not from America. <laughs> that's the bit. That's the bit. Five years. That's the bit. That is the bit. Comedic timing's pretty good. Yeah. And Austin's deadpan is just immaculate as ever. John Ch- John Chena is unbelievable. Right. Ke- Kelly, 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 for some reason. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we should say. And God bless the United States. Uh, right. Uh, he says, God, I'm going to whoop ass. Uh, and uh, that's what he used to do when people piss him off. Oh, I wonder if they're heading somewhere. Uh, and he says, what do you say about mud? And Santino's like, a stump your mud pie. Uh, and he's like, oh, jeezy. <laughs> wrong again. He's like, oh, jeezy peeps, kid. It's a mud hole and you walk it dry. You understand that? And Santino's like, I understand. I speak English and Italian, obviously. Um, and he says, oh, it's the bottom line, not the bottom lines. And I did like him saying, but sometimes I want to say more than one thing. <laughs> and he says, like, quote Stone Cold, you get it right. And then there's the bit where I've got a DVD and watch the 
The Condemned. <laughs> Jim Ross got like a box of them in his garage. <laughs> like Gareth buying David Brent's single. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, uh, yeah, I've got The Condemned. It's on DVD, blah, blah, blah. What did you think, Santino? And Santino says, well, you'll see, Cornstold, Steve <laughs> Dyer. Absolutely, Kieran. Ah, you are a redneck. And he's like, that's enough of that. What did you think of the... Well, he asked what he thought of the action scenes, the choreography, which he himself, Stone Cold, describes as riveting. <laughs> he says, well, I had to get up and leave the room because, honestly, I almost vomited. It was so violent, I cannot believe you can do those things to people. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> That's what you are. <laughs> His words, not mine. Uh, he says... What about the behind-the-scenes DVD extra stuff? You want? All right, we get it. Buy the fucking DVD. Uh, he says, oh, no, after the movie, I was just so upset. I turned off the TV. That is a 90 minutes of my life. I cannot get back. Uh, Stone Cold says, uh, all right, look, I appreciate your honest opinion. How about we just drink beer? Uh, Personally, I would like to have a glass of red wine. Vino Russo. Uh, I tried your beer and it burned my throat. It was horrible. Drink is the wine of a person with culture. And Stone Cold says, I understand. Um, the uh, least I could do was come out, extend the olive branch of friendship and here, give you a copy of The Condemned. And Santino looks at it and says, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The condemned, ten people will fight, nine will die, blah, blah, blah. Which is kind of how we felt by it, for honest. He says, look, I am sorry. And he drops the DVD and he wipes his foot on it on the floor. He cut I cannot put myself through that again, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And of course, Stone Cold hits him with a stunner. One of the best cells, I've got to say here. Loki goated cell. Yeah. Do you, do he, like, no one does, talks about that cell. No. Is it like a salute he almost sick yeah. does as he falls back? And Stone Cold props him up in the corner and says, uh, I'm no doctor, but he needs something. I'll be back in a sec. And I assume they go to like an ad break or something because they've got to piss about with getting the beer truck. And then they come back, the glass shatters again, and he drives the beer truck down. Um, over to you, Michael Hamlet. Do you know, I mean, just want to say, by the way, the beer truck, the beer bath, one of the great ruthless aggression moments. Pure ruthless <laughs> aggression goaded, actually. Not that it was just a tribute to the Attitude Era, and all of it was. Uh, he gets that hose out, and, I mean, you know when he gets the rock and the McMahons, and it's just shooting through the ring, isn't it? So it's getting them, but they're kind of diving the way of it. So the front row and Jim Ross and Gerald all are getting it and all that. You just can't control the hose. It's too, it's too long! <laughs> <laughs> Triple H probably ordered it. It's too long. So he gets out of the van, but then he loses the end completely. He drops it in the ring, and he like must turn the wheel thing on in the beer truck, and it just goes off like a wild snake. <laughs> and then it plants itself under the bottom rope, and it's just pure getting six people in the bank front row. It's like like the kid getting soaked in the face with beer, 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 beer. It's brilliant. This best part of the segment. I'm screwed up. <laughs> it's like far more fun than like the eventual payoff because like. Oh, since just got a look on his face where he's just, he's not even happy. Like, he's never happy at this time. So he's like squirting Santino and then more to come, and he's just miserable doing it. Like, he knows he's in a tribute. Like, we've always said this about yeah, Austin. He's, he's Man's got good instincts, and he knows what quality is, and he knew this wasn't quality. Uh, there's a marked difference between what he was doing at Mania, especially night two, yeah. compared to this. Mm. Dour-faced, known as parody. Yeah, he sprays Still Santino. got the comedic time. In him, he's worried he's finished, isn't he? Oh, he's he's worried he's pwned Paul P. Poston. <laughs> So 
he sprays he sprays Dantino, who's <laughs> bouncing all over the place for it, and then he chins Boston him. Boston P16. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrates with the beers. Pionic Padneck. Parive. Praise Pell. Peeve. Parive. Praise Hell. Believe. And he gets a beer. Give me the beers. And the bloke's throwing the beers. And half the people have comments like, wasn't that guy who threw the beers good? Yeah, I've got it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then he, he, gets, he gets, Maria gets in the ring to check on her man, I suppose. And he gets this look on his face of like, should I get her, guys? Should I get her? That's <laughs> not a good help. No, optics is poor. Um, and then he just sprays her with the beer. And yeah, that's what the comment section will be focused on today. I feel so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, the Santino segment was for JR, the Maria one was for Jerry Lawler. Both commentators got all they want. That's amazing. So, yeah, we, we go over to the comment section following this. Yeah, he sprays and leaves, basically. Um, and oh, he climbs on the truck and... Fair, but it's good. There's some good throws. Uh, I like the I like the truck throws. That's I did like impressive that, yeah. stuff. So we go to the comment section once again. As always, they do not reflect the views myself, the Dadly Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. It's time to play the game. Time to play, time to play the game. I just want to say we got I got a shed load of tweets during the Royal Rumble live stream with just one word on when a certain person's number hit. I'll just say that. Really? Yeah. Yes. I'm surprised it was just a certain person's number. <laughs> What's the game you want to play? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Guess the perverted YouTube comment. Oh, you can have a good, you can have a good field day here. Uh, I wish I was beer. I've never wanted to be beer more in my life right now. <laughs> My hose would shoot off like that if Maria was there too. <laughs> I'd, do, I'd do it again. I wish I was liquid. <laughs> You're a human cumball. You're already liquid. Shout out to uh, Pat Maxwell, by the way, on Twitter, who uh, tagged us all in that <laughs> that thing. <laughs> yeah. Someone posted that said, probably the first time I wanted to be a ring rope where Rhea Ripley's biting it. And then there was a comment under that same uh, one. Darren Harris underneath. So Jeremy Tate posted that, and then Darren Harris pro- uh, posted. It's from the seat. It's in War Games. Uh, what did you do in the pull-ups? Probably the first time I wanted to be a War Games cage bar. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, uh, pull up on it. Please, please uh, put your chin on my head repeatedly. Hey, Timmy, what do you want to be when you grow up? A war games cage bar. <laughs> That's what I want to be. Why would anyone down, ever have that? Ever have had that thought? Ever? If you knuckle down, you work hard one day. Uh, yeah. Any any guesses? Oh, you've said, yeah. You've said the the host. Yeah. I'd shoot with mine. So, uh, Reaper X Seven says there'll never be another Attitude Era. Well, two thousand and seven, mate. So. Uh, it lasted from 1997 <laughs> till 2007. Yeah, they tried every week to yeah. make one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like this when people just make up fake outrage. We'll get to the filth in a second, don't worry. Um, make up fake outrage uh, where they make up a scenario in their head and act like it happened. So you talked about the beer spraying the fans. Maxwell writes, oh, I'm so glad none of the fans that were showered by beer were Karens. Today's generation, no matter how much they love WWE, would probably sued. To get money. What? 
People wake up and are just hate-filled. I know. They are just, they're, they're so raring to go with a row that they don't even need the row. But also, that comment was posted by Maxwell nine months ago. So did Karens exist before Bailey and Becky Lynch talked about it? Ah. Maxwell wants to be getting on a WWE. Mm. Stolen his bit. <laughs> I always like the comments <laughs> that, that, that go pervy at the last second. You think, oh, uh, uh, they were doing so well. Yeah. MDBX WWE 18 writes, I remember this show and what happened after the commercial break. Maria started strip teasing while she was covered in beer. It was pretty funny and hot at the same time. You may remember this. There was a dot com exclusive, wasn't there? Yeah, it wasn't in the commercial. They just wanted to keep Austin as a baby face, despite the fact that he's just doused this woman who was asked not to be doused in beer. Um, by in the break, they uploaded an exclusive. It's like, but look what happened in the break. Maria likes it actually, and she just like dances in the beer for three minutes until oh, she does. until rolls back on air. That's you know. Um, so he writes that. I remember this show happened. Maria started strip teasing while she was covered in beer. It was pretty funny and hot at the same time. And uh, troublesome West Side outlaw just writes spank bank deposit. No. <laughs> 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 Oh, I just realised that audio is probably going to get isolated, isn't it, as well? Uh, Warren, again, maybe I'm just reading too much into this. Matt Reigns will definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> Warren, the number one mega fan and legend. Yeah. Matt Reigns. Warren <laughs> writes, maybe it's just me, but I'm reading too much. She goes, oh, Maria is wearing the hell out of that dress. Julius... Um, Maybe a slightly more to the point, just writes, I'd boner. So. <laughs> jerking the curtain. Jerking the curtain. He's jerking something else. <laughs> just writes, <laughs> it's, the last, it's the last bit of this. Because he's just it's like, the last comment. No, it's, it's the penultimate one. Uh, I apologize for this and everything. Jerk in the curtain, just rice. Beer and tits. Love it. Need it. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds like one of Austin's t shirts. <laughs> just those lines written down. Love it. Back. Need it. Need it. <laughs> and yeah. Remember, uh, sorry again, Wilborn. Remember, <laughs> fear, drink beer. Yeah. Oh, oh, I remember Steve Austin being good. <laughs> <laughs> if we're remembering stuff. And finally, pork pie. Simply writes. I'm sure he wants to do that. Simply writes, Maria, I'd gobble that up like an ice cream cone on a hot summer's day. Just get an ice cream. Get an ice cream in a nice consensual relationship with a lady. So, thanks once again to RTS500 for suggesting that one. Oh, and uh, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related that we can review instead of a god-awful Raw segment, you can do so on Apple Podcasts by leaving us a five-star review on there. Or leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But we return to Monday Night Raw. So, yeah. Actually, accidentally Spears, MVP. Uh, and then Byron Saxon interviews... Finn Balor, um, and he says, oh, I figured Edge would have had enough of us by now, but I'm uh, not hard to find. Cody's been stealing me for years. 
Uh, and he's getting taxed. I'm coming to collect later on. And then The Miz is in the ring. He's moaning about being attacked by Kevin Owens last week, moaning about the number he got in the Rumble, about everyone teaming up on him because he was such a threat, and he got eliminated first as a result. And loads of people at the airport chanted, first man out at him. And you'll never guess. Then he suggests, then he stops the crowd from chanting that. Six people did. Um... Meh, 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 meh. Uh, he continues to moan, and then Postman Pierce comes out and says, don't worry, uh, you're going to face tonight Raw's newest superstar, and who should return? Yeah. But Rick Boogs, he's back. Uh, Miz can't believe this. You serious? I've got a 10 grand suit on right now that my wife bought for me. Uh, and then, of course, the referee immediately comes out, and they immediately get straight into it. Uh, and Rick chucks him around like an empty tracksuit, in the words of Adam Nicholas. Uh, he does that gut wrench toss thing from one side to the other. Uh, one of Schmiz's shoes comes off. Schmiz? Schmiz's shoes comes <laughs> off. That's what Brett pitched for Montreal. At least. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Boogs wins with that press slam of his. My God, was I happy to see him back in a wrestling ring. Yeah, I like Boogs. I was happier for you than I was for him, quite honestly. And for me. Yeah. I um, think it must be great on this here transfer deadline day to be Adam Pierce because he's like uh, um, he's on his phone can I uh, sign Rick Boogs and then he just puts it on his other ear well, I think you can Adam yes very much <laughs> and over he comes to Monday Night Raw here uh, we go confirmed <laughs> so yeah he didn't need uh, that Fabrizio Romano yes. to uh, confirm that he's over the line uh, it's fine like Boogs fits in as you would see later on with the menagerie of idiots on Raw but there was other people in that scene that was like, oh, you don't belong with the idiots. <laughs> so I like mixed feelings on it overall. This was fine. Inoffensive. And you, I knew it would make you happy. And I like that. You're my friend. And I just on a such a high watching this. And I just thought, oh, we can, they're going to do something now and it's going to ruin this. And then they did something else. And it got even better <laughs> because they do that. And he's done all the, the drum into yeah. the ring and all that. And we'll see more with him, like you say, in a little while. They cut backstage and it's just Alpha Academy walking. I'm like, what's going on here? I was like, oh God, are they going to do some like Alexa Bliss fiend Uncle Howdy bollocks? Nope. Chad Gable and Otis walk by, the camera pans over, and there is maximum male models. Yeah. Which, you know, I've been following <laughs> on, you know, the YouTube and yep. the Twitter and what have you. They've been doing loads of stuff, but obviously it's not been showcased on the, the big shows. There is Maxine Dupree. There's Marseille. There's Mansoir. <laughs> they are ugh, they are disgusted. They are repulsed on Marseille and Mansoir by the, the mere sight of Otis. But then Maxine says he's perfect. Are maximum male models about to recruit Otis? Yes. And it's class. Yeah. I am Otis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you 100% on this. Um, I sensed, I could be wrong in this, correct me if I'm wrong, Wilborn, uh, before I got in this morning, Sage, me and Wilborn were kind of doing backflips over this, and I sensed uh, Andy Murray might have thought we were being flippant in our praise of it. No, I don't know. I earnestly loved it. Like, they're going to split up Alpha Academy. This goes in line with this idea that you sense kind of Gable's on the road to something bigger, and Otis in Maximum Male Models is inspired, if broad, WWE comedy. I'm... Totally, totally here for this. Like, really quite nice. I expect me, over the following weeks and maybe months, to go... 
But uh, uh, it's, it's a good idea, this. It's a good idea with, like, ridiculous potential. They could even have, like, you know what? This is the one time I will permit an indentured servitude professional wrestling angle. Ooh, wow. The idea of, oh, it's, like, Chad Gable losing to, who's uh, the good wrestler in the Mansoir. And then, oh, bloody hell, they own Otis, and he becomes Otis, (laughs) some kind of ridiculous umlaut or something like that. Yeah, was Uh, it Slapjack or T-Bar that used to tweet exclusively in? Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them did. One of the retribution lads. They looked an absolute state. (laughs) Chad Gable trying to, like, win him bloody back. He's like, yeah, this is not you, Otis. So, pourquoi? Like, all this kind (laughs) of, like, it could be great. I also like the fact, just that just reminded me there, that we all remember the the Twitter feud, let's say, that uh, uh, Dominic Dijakovic had with Kenny Omega, which, a bit like when Cody Rhodes gave up his Twitter account to the AEW like community, community outreach. outreach, his tweet about Disco Inferno became from the <laughs> a, uh, AEW community outreach, when it was like Kenny Omega versus Dominic Dijakovic, except it was Kenny Omega versus T-Bar. <laughs> Brilliant. Better longer, Tim. Longer form story than the Osprey one, that. Yeah. Like this media story. Oh my God, they're going to make Otis do the worm down a catwalk. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Catworm. <laughs> there, is a, there is a brilliant video package, like when you needed it, of the Reigns Owen Sammy bloodline angle from the Royal Rumble. And then Bailey's out there and she's bl- bragging about chucking Becky Lynch out of the Rumble. Uh, but out comes Becky Lynch, who calls Bailey a fool. She says, look, I don't need to win the Rumble. I've already done it. I just want to make sure you and your loser mates didn't win. Um, Bailey's like, that sounds like an excuse. And Lynch is like, no, you're the one making excuses not to face me. Uh, Lynch says, you robbed the fans of a cage match by attacking me on Raw 30. Uh, you're too scared to admit that I'm better. Uh, and Bailey's pissed off that Lynch is trying to steal the spotlight. And Lynch is like, well, it's my birthday. Happy birthday, Becky Lynch. Um... Bailey calls her overrated. She says, uh, you're not good enough to be a champion again or even be in the ring with me. You're not even good enough for your husband, Seth. He only married you because he knocked you up. Uh, And Lynch says, um, I thought we were only fighting over wrestling, but if you want to go there, okay. Look, this all started in Orlando. Next week, it's going to end in Orlando in a cage match. Bailey's like, nah, I'm not facing you. Lynch says, I figured you'd do that. Goes back, comes back dragging out Dakota Kai with a chair wrapped around her leg, and she's going to pilmanize her leg even more than what she's already done to take her out here, unless Bailey says yes. So Bailey accepts the match, and Lynch is happy, and then she's like, you should probably go back there and check on Eo Sky as well. Very um, Triple H, the ass kicker booking. I kick of, three asses. Of <laughs> Becky Lynch here, a very, very Triple H booking of Becky Lynch's baby face, which is a problem in and of itself. Joe Biden meme. I am once again asking for this to be the tease of the Bailey babyface turn. Bernie Sanders, Bernie man. Bernie Sanders, sorry, not Joe Biden. They've, I thought you were a leftist. They've taken... He only listens to one man. And God bless yeah. the United States. This meme. Very much Bernie Sanders, the pair of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, let's not have that ever confused. Three of us, not just a pair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you, yeah. Okay. Maybe a Biden guy, I don't know. Nah, Bernie. Bernie. The, the fact that Bernie Bailey bros. is... Sorry. ...taking this match for the benefit of her friends... That's like a babyface trait. I know Becky Lynch has been an asshole, but like Triple H likes his babyface to be assholes. Like Bailey's done a nice thing here. And geeks. Yeah, let this <laughs> let this cage match loss that she took because to try and save her friends be the end of all of this, please. At least it appears we're not getting Bailey and Becky at WrestleMania because that felt like a terrible idea as well. 
finished next week. Not better finished, be. finished. It better be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Postman Pierce has got two, two huge announcements backstage. He confirms the cage match for next week. Uh, and he's gonna, uh, there's gonna be another Elimination Chamber match to see who faces Bianca Bella at Elimination Chamber. Um, we are gonna have the final few in the Royal Rumble. That is Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and of course, Asuka. And there's a fatal four way to determine who else is in in that match. Candice Ray, Michi. Singles match. Candice Ray, Meechin, Piper Niven, and Carmella, who's back. Um, I it's wrestling. You got like be more lenient. It should be sometimes. The fatal four way thing was a little bit of an like. I get it. They match to build matches and all of that. I like. I really love the uncharacteristic detail of the Rumble runners up getting put in the chamber. Yeah, like the, we talk about this all the time. Remember how you, people were pining for like whoever wins the Survivor Series yes, yeah, gets yeah. the advantage in the Rumble. This is that stuff you do. You might not win, but you do well. You will be rewarded subsequently with something else. So it's almost a bit of a shame that they couldn't help themselves do their last chance losers-y kind of spot. Mm. Because the Rumble runners-up thing, that means they've thought about who ends in that Rumble because they think it's, they've not got lucky with the people that are in this elimination chamber. It's uh, the four are the best. So I like that. And there's one extra spot. Because it's a fake four way. So mm -hmm. presumably only one winner of that. So... Who on earth could that be? Well, I think they'll either tee up a big announcement and then just play music by accident and bring them out straight away. So. <laughs> yeah. um, and there also is Chelsea Green. She's furious about the unacceptable accommodations, everything that's going on here. Um, she wants a private dressing room. She wants Swiss chocolate. She wants this resolved. She's bloody moaning, isn't she? She's a Karen. Maxwell has nailed it. I'm a bit mixed on this, you know. It's lame. It's really, really lame. But I am on this podcast every week, just whinging for Triple H to actually give some people characters. I don't know if this is an answer to that complaint. I, like, the Rumble elimination was, like, memorable in a very unmemorable match, and she can't give that much. So, like, give her stuff that she's really good with, and this might work. Chelsea Green, very good in GCW, like, really good. Yeah. She's also known as the hot mess, the crazy, screaming person, and being a Karen and being outraged at things will allow her to scream. Like Dexter Loomis blinking for me so far. This, <laughs> but it, she'll get. You can do one thing. Do it. Is it wrestling? No. <laughs> like she'll probably get a louder reaction than Meechin. They've done more to establish. Anyone gets a bloody louder reaction than Meechin. I'm probably in too low with that. But like, you know what I mean? Like they've given her more of a characteristic in one week than he supplied half of the other women's division. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's about to have his match, but we see it earlier on. Uh, Baron Saxon trying to interview him, but they're interrupted by Mustafa Ali, who does a piss takey interview, basically. Oh, here he is getting another bloody opportunity. How do you do this, basically, it's in Ziggler? Pathetic. Piss off. <laughs> I thought, this is it now. This is, I've told you, I've, I've this gone. You out. And I was like, oh, I, I, even I'm like, bloody hell, poor you, Dolph, stuck in with this. <laughs> like, I get it. It's uh, just, oh, man. Anyway, uh, sarcasm, et cetera, et cetera. And then we got Dolph Ziggler in the match where he got wrecked by Bronson Reed in three minutes. He got a few moves in, but Reed smashed him about. Reed, I got, like, a bit regal watching this. Because Reed's big, you know, tsunami finisher, which they've, they've put over from day one, even when he was in NXT. Like, he just... Uh, maybe they were running short on time or whatever, but I just thought, just stand up at the top for a second, because they clearly set up this camera angle to be like, oh, my God, here it comes. And he just went up top and jumped straight off. And mm. I was like, come on, where's your... Showmanship. Yes, exactly. Um, Move forward with your left foot emotionally. 
But yes, Bronson Reed enters the elimination chamber. Um, then there was a nice interview backstage with Carmella, who's obviously had an awful time of it away from the wrestling ring. So fantastic to see her back doing what she loves. Um, and she's bringing back the Princess of Staten Island character, which I think is probably the best version of her as well. Um, and she's interrupted by Asuka. Um, strange not seeing her in ring gear for once. Um, and Carmella is about to sort of go after her, and Asuka just smirks. Feels blue teeth and goo coming out of her mouth. It's, it's mist, thank God. Yeah. But there is a thin line between goo and mist. <laughs> uh, I kind of hated this. The idea was like, oh my God, Asuka looks terrifying, reborn all over again. Like, I, I, I'm going to complain about both things. I think the people who re- reacted to her in the Rumble were like, I think it was there, uh, that poor bugger. Um, what's her face? Welsh. Uh, Tegan Knox. Yeah. Oh my god! Can't do. Uh, I'd say, oh my. Oh, can't do Welsh. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to top that. <laughs> they love this man in Cardiff. That was there. Cardiff, Wales loves Michael Sidgwick. <laughs> not anymore. Wales loved Michael Sidgwick. Not anymore. So she said that. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it again. <laughs> Anyway, so that was bad, but also Carmella going, ew, gross, and walking away as Asuka does an out. That's also bad. Mm. Why don't you just meet in the middle? Mm. Do one good thing and not the extremely bad things on either side. I, I just, I, I, aura, aura's dead already. Yeah. I think she'll get it back and she'll do good things in the ring. But you don't react to her like that. God's sake. You know how, like, Charlotte Flair's best year was five years ago? So was these two fighting with the James Ellsworth running. So let that be over there and this not be quite so corny because it's potentially an underrated combination. Carmella had it in her sometimes and people want Asuka to be, like, WrestleMania ready. Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm... I'm a bit of the low guy. on. I, I think the reinvention is great, but I'm not so sure if it's just, like... I think it's Pasca, don't you? little bit. I think it's like, let her do something she really enjoys, mm. but it doesn't necessarily constitute a push. We'll see. But like, so this combination could be great, but it really could go either way. I get Sidgwick's concern very much from it's this. Just reminding me as well, I meant to say this earlier on, really looking forward to the SmackDown preview on Friday where I say to you, who do you think leaves the SmackDown Women's Champion in the match between Joshua <laughs> and Tony <Sonny laughs> Deville? <laughs> Guys, really? Okay. Anyway... Uh, backstage is uh, Baron Saxton, uh, the Street Profits Elias, and yeah, Rick Boogs is there. Uh, he's pumped. He's excited. He's massive. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Street Profits put him over. You watched his uh, YouTube channel. Wilborn got me into it. The man's a psychopath. Honestly, he's just Not like he's in his gym, like sort of. I don't know, like crushing bricks with his bare hands and screaming at the top of his voice. on his head and he's like... <laughs> he's the best. It's pretty amazing. It's intense and weird. There's the one where he's listening to like really loud, like uh, metal, and he's just trying to split an apple in two with his hands. And he's like, yeah! He's the best. He's like, what? Yeah! Imagine Wilborn deep into a Stax. I mean, when Stax is in the studio, <laughs> Sorry, that yeah. pink. That pink. It's amazing. Jesus. Show up later, apparently. Text me. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, they're gonna hit the town, the street, brother. So, with boogs, put some bloody clothes on, Rick. Uh, 
And they've got chamber qualifier matches next week. It's uh, Angelo Dawkins versus Damian Priest and Montez Ford versus Elias. And there's some back and forth about who's going to be the United States champion. None of them. It's going to be uh, Austin Theory still. Triple H playing a dangerous game. Trying to like book a feud between the guitar guys when the real star with the guitar is on the other side. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> you're not going to get a kabonga on the head out of this feud, so maybe just don't book it. Yeah, do not book it. I think they've over- when because I feel like the Symphony of Destruction match was about three weeks ago. Yeah, so I reckon they just accidentally ordered two lots of it and went, oh bollocks. Well, we'll just do it again. <laughs> yeah, you want to gimmick the piano this time? Nah. nah. Uh, main event time, Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor. They plugged how much this first time ever sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it was just, again, really fantastic to see Cody Rhodes back in a wrestling ring. Um, Balor targets the titty. Um, Rhodes hits a suicide dive and gets into it with Priest and Dominic on the outside. That allows Balor to come back. He uh, hits a headlock elbow drop, which gets to a two count and takes us to our... I think final break of the match. When we come back, Rhodes hits a superplex. They exchange shots. Rhodes hits a Cody cutter for two. Goes for the crossroads, but Balor counters that and hits a sling blade. Rhodes hits back with a super kick for a two count. Um, he gets kicked out of the ring, does Cody Rhodes, and there's Judgment Day to surround him. Um, but Edge comes through the crowd, knocks out Priest, spears Dom, Ripley jumps him, and then here comes Beth, Beth Phoenix to spear the hell out of her. All this distracts the guys in the match, obviously. Balor manages to hit a shotgun dropkick, goes up top for the coup de grace, but Edge getting on the apron distracts him. Um, and uh, Rhodes avoids the coup de grace and hits three crossroads on Finn Balor for the one, two, three, and a great ending to Monday Night Raw. I thought it's ruled. Yeah. Like, uh, this had, like, really good... Um We've said it a few times, but the good kind of Attitude Era, 2000 Attitude Era, raw main event energy. It never tried to be this overly complex wrestling match when it knew it had a lot of sports entertainment to get to. And you've got like two seasoned pros that are good at both. Cody and Finn are good at the wrestling, but they're good at the sports entertainment too. So you get both out of it. It was a nice excuse. Probably I haven't checked this yet, but probably for Jay White to treat Kettleist and like pretend it was Bullet Club related. But they never really leaned into that. This wasn't about Bullet Club, despite the inferences in the opening promo this was about the judgment day and edge and cody Rhodes being the top of the tree and i'd like i found this to be a really really fun presentation and triple h doesn't do a lot of them so i was quite impressed with it as well yeah i didn't think edge got that big a pop to be honest no not weird that cody's the main eventer out there yeah more yeah. than edge yeah yeah Edge is the old man <laughs> beth and ripley got that reaction people yeah. are into that i think I loved as well how this was just paced so nicely. Mm. It's like that dark arts kind of, I can't articulate particu- articulate particularly why I was just so drawn into this match, but Masters just know the rhythm and the pace of this sort of thing. Um, it was dramatic when you kind of knew there was only one result. Like Cody Rhodes is just effortlessly great at this yeah. point. When the big thing about Cody was, oh, he's trying too hard, and I resent that, and he got turned, he's effortlessly great and as much as I've rated him in the past I don't think I've ever said that about him loved it loved the end of this show um, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE watch there you can follow all three of us you can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick follow me at Adam Wilborn follow us all at WhatCultureWWE as I said make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts when they get published um, and we'll be back later on today <laughs> With the NXT preview, all five of us. Uh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dudley Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 